0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other as you walk along? They stood still, Looking sad, one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And he asked them, What things? And they replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a, a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all people, and, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of the women in our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who had said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but, but him they did not see. Because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then, he told, then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread, the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> I invite you to pray with me. Holy God, you have a word for us today, a word of comfort, a word of challenge, a word of hope, and a word of guidance for our lives. Make our hearts soft and plant your word in us that it may bear fruit through our lives. Amen. Well, it was my freshman year of college. Uh, The year was, well, that's not important. It was my freshman year of college. And that year I had grown close to a a small but tight-knit group of friends. Uh, We were all music majors, so we had a lot of the same classes together and and got to know each other pretty well. And and there was one uh, friend I got to know really well because we sang in the Wartburg Choir together and we were assigned to the same field experience uh, at a local elementary school. Uh, Her name was Steph. We knew each other really well by the end of that year. And there was a big campus ministry event happening, and a whole bunch of people were going to be there, and we were going to connect and all sit together. And so I got there, and the room was packed in the chapel, and I'm looking all over for my friends, particularly Steph, who I said I would meet there. And I looked this way and that way, and I'm not finding them. And then I noticed this person in front of me kind of doing one of these and said, Josh, hello. And I did a double take. Oh, hi, Steph. I had looked right at her and looked past her a few times and didn't seem to recognize her. She was a little bit frustrated and offended by this. She said, did you not recognize me or see me? In my defense, she had just gotten a new haircut and it looked really different. That's a valid excuse, I thought. She disagreed. (laughs) But have you ever done that? Where where there's someone you should recognize right away and you just don't. Maybe, Maybe there's a coworker, but you see them at the store out shopping and it's out of context. Or maybe it's a, an old friend or someone from a long time ago that you didn't expect to run into and it takes a minute and then and you're like, oh, it's you. I wonder what it was like for those two, uh, th- those two disciples, those following Jesus down the road to think that it was a stranger walking with them this whole way only to find out that it was Jesus all along. I mean, I was kind of slow in college, but I wasn't that slow, right? Right? <laughs> This is a fascinating story, isn't it? I want to I dig into this today and think about what does it mean to recognize Jesus, to, to see and encounter Jesus, and, and how can we learn from their experience? What's God trying to show us through that? I think as we start off, though, it's helpful to know who these two were uh, and what we know about them. We don't know a lot of details specifically, but the story does give us some clues. One's name was Cleopas, we learn. It's pretty clear that they were not of the original 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, but they were following Jesus. They were close to them. They would have, it seems they would have known Jesus personally. In our Monday night Bible study, uh, we speculated that maybe they were among the the 70 followers that Jesus had commissioned and sent out in Luke chapter 10. Um, If you remember that verse from the beginning of Luke 10, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he was going to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Maybe these were among those 70. We don't know for sure. But whoever they are, they were close to Jesus. They were close to the other disciples. In fact, we see that they intimately knew everything that had happened that morning. They were there when the women came back from the tomb saying, we've seen angels. They've heard Peter's story when he came back and said the tomb was empty. And yet they don't believe that Jesus could be alive. Now, they don't really come right out and say it, right? They're not ready to do that, but we, we know because they're walking away. They wanted to see Jesus again, but they've given up and they're going back home. They're leaving. It's like they wanted to believe. They wanted to hope, but they just couldn't do that. And I think we know what that's like sometimes too, don't we? Whenever there's been trauma in our lives or when we've walked through pain or disappointment, we long to see Jesus. We want to have hope again to risk it, but but sometimes we find ourselves giving up and walking away. So today I kind of want to dig into their story, this Easter, first day of Easter, and wonder what we can learn from them. How did they move from hopelessness to recognizing Jesus in front of them? And and I want to look specifically at three things that we see in this story. There are three uh, movements, if you will, that stand out to me. They were curious, they were conversational, and they were invitational. If we want to encounter Jesus, be curious be conversational, be invitational, so we can dig into each of these ideas and see how they play out. There's first that initial meeting, right? They're walking from uh, Jerusalem to Emmaus when a stranger comes up to them. And now this is where the story admittedly gets a little weird, right? Uh, They knew Jesus, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now clearly there's something supernatural going on here, but I think... I think God also wants to show us something in this too, to make us wonder what keeps us from recognizing God in our lives. I mean, we long to see Jesus face to face, right? How many times have you been in prayer and find yourself saying, God, if only I could see you. Lord, if only I could talk with you, right? And sometimes I wonder if God isn't saying, I'm right here, but you don't always recognize me. So what keeps us from recognizing God's presence in our lives? I think for some of us, maybe it's our calendar, right? Our, our calendar gets so busy and so packed. It's like, Jesus, I've got five minutes, so it's now or never, right? Or I've got to, I, I would love to talk to you, Lord, but I've got to get my kids to this thing or that thing or this practice or, or the Cardinals are playing and I really got to check the score, right? Our calendar locks us in. Sometimes maybe our own expectations get in the way. We, we expect to see God move in this way or present here or with these people. And if God shows up in ways we're not expecting, we're not ready and we miss it. Sometimes maybe we're just not ready. And God's taking time to form us, to prepare our hearts. Maybe that's what's happening with these two in the story. They just saw Jesus, who they loved, uh, be killed, and they needed. Maybe Jesus e- needed to ease them into the reality that he was alive again. I mean, it would have been a shock. They'd already experienced trauma. They were walking with devastation. They were walking with this pain, but yet they're still open and they're curious. They're willing to engage this stranger. And I want to look at verse seventeen. I think it really shows the weight of their emotions in this. Verse 17 again. And Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still, looking sad. Can you feel the weight of this moment? They stop. They they stand still. Their eyes are downcast at the dirt, and there's this chasm that's filled with their emotion between the question and the response, until finally one of them looks up and says, Are you the only one? Who doesn't know about these things? But I love how Jesus responds. What things, (laughs) right? Can you, Jesus? Can you just see him giggling under his breath right there? When I picture this story in my head, what I see is like one of those scenes in Saturday Night Live where the actors are trying to hold it together, but they're about to crack up and their faces are breaking into a smile. I think Jesus is like, "What things?" (laughs) Right. And they tell him, and then his response, and this is where it gets amazing to me, he says, how foolish you are, you don't understand the scriptures, let me correct you, and this is where it's amazing, and they stay curious, right? They listen to him, even with that. In our, friends, in our culture today, if someone says to you, you've got it all wrong, let me correct you, how are we supposed to respond to that? We're supposed to get defensive, right, to dig in and be oppositional but if they had done that, they would have missed the miracle. But I think this is a word for us, right? Instead of defensive, they get curious. Instead of oppositional, they get conversational. You see that? And, and they didn't just get a little conversational. They got seven miles conversational, right? Have you ever, how many of you have ever walked seven miles? It, it's some of us, right? It's not quick, right? No shame if you haven't done that. It's, it's, it's a long way. I wasn't sure, so I checked with my good friend this week, uh, Google, to see how long it would take one to walk, and she said about two and a half hours for the average person uh, to walk seven miles. That's not short, right? But what I wouldn't have given to be a part of that walk that day, hearing Jesus open up the scriptures, all that the Old Testament had to say about him. A good long walk together, I think, is becoming a lost art in our world, but that's where the best conversations happen. I think uh, good long, when we think about walking together, the thing is you're kind of stuck with each other, right? I mean, there's no easy off-ramp, there's no distractions to get you out of an awkward conversation, so you can either walk along with someone in awkward silence or you can get curious and conversational. I mean, maybe that's a prescription for all the tension in our culture today to take a good, long, seven-mile walk with someone curious and conversational. Because if you do that, you don't want to tick somebody off right out of the gate. You've got another 6.75 miles to go, right? It's going to get really uncomfortable. So few parents out there, have you ever had a season where your kids don't really talk to you much anymore and you don't understand what's going on? Go for a seven-mile hike and see what happens. You know, uh, I love when our our boys take our dog Benny out for a walk, even if it's just a short walk. If I'm home and one of the boys is going to take him for a walk, I always try to go with them because what I found is as soon as we get out that door, it's just talk, 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 nonstop. They just want to share their hearts. They just want to know that I'm taking time. Their father's taking time to listen to them. And I think Jesus wants to walk with us he wants to listen to you. He wants to hear your heart. You know, a couple weeks ago when I was really busy and feeling really distracted and overwhelmed, and I just needed to get away and try and center myself and connect with God again, uh, Friday I had the day off, but my kids were in school, so I was going to go for a long hike out on the Chubb Trail just south of 44 here, and, and I went out. Not, I didn't do seven miles. I only did five and a half, but I was going to go out, and I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to get out in nature by myself. I'm going to pray. So I start out on the hike, and, I, and I'm going to pray about this, and I'm going to pray about this. And I, and I start to pray about a certain thing, and then I start to worry about that thing, and then I start to make a to-do list about that thing, right? And, and before I know it, there's just this cacophony of white noise in the back of my mind, this anxiety, and I was like, this isn't working. And so I decided I'm just going to talk to the Lord. So I started walking along, and I started talking out loud to Jesus as I'm walking, And it's a good thing it was a Friday morning and there weren't many people on the trail. (laughs) But you know, the thing is, I did that for a while, but before I knew it, that noise, that anxiety fades and you feel this peace. In the last half of that hike, I was just walking in silence, just aware of God's presence and peace all around me. But it took time, right? Are, Are we taking time to listen to one another? Are we taking time to listen to God? They took time that day and finally, at the end, they see the miracle, right? They walk along curious and conversational, taking that time, and and something starts to change in them. There's this burning in their hearts. There's this spark of hope reigniting, and at the end of the story, they recognize Jesus, but they almost missed it, right? I love this. At the end of the story, they get where they're going, and Jesus pretends like he's going to keep on walking. We always think Jesus is so serious, like he stands like this and talks like this, but Jesus is funny, y'all. He's, you see that he's totally messing with them here. They're like, okay, this is where we're staying. And he's like, good luck, have fun. I'm going to keep walking, wink, wink. But they urge him and he finally, of course, stays. He gives them the chance to be what? Invitational. They invite him in. They share what they had. They invite this stranger in. And you see, when we, when we invite people into our lives, especially those who maybe seem to be walking alone, we might find Jesus there. Hospitality to the stranger, to the outsider. That might be Jesus. Matthew 25, Jesus says, When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat, right? When we share a meal together and take time to sit around the table together, something holy happens. They were invitational. And finally, they recognize Jesus when he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it. Does that remind us of anything else? Right? Holy communion. The Last Supper, the feeding of the 5,000, in sharing a meal and feeding the hungry, we find Jesus is right there at the table with us. They were curious, they were conversational, and they were invitational. And they encountered Jesus. And isn't that what we long for? to see Jesus. We come here week after week because we want to be in God's presence. As the people of God, the body of Christ in this place, we want to experience all that God has for us, God's power and presence in our lives, in our church, in our community. We want to see where Jesus is walking, recognize what he's up to, and go along for the journey. We want to feel that fire burning in us. Maybe we find ourselves saying, God, whatever you're up to in the world, I want to be a part of that. Help me to be obedient. Father, help us to recognize Jesus in our midst so we can walk with him every step of the way. Friends, if you want to encounter Jesus, learn from their story today. Be curious, be conversational, be invitational, and see if you don't catch a glimpse of Jesus. May our hearts burn for the kingdom of heaven. May our eyes be opened to see Jesus among us. Amen.